0: Hey kids, this is me, your dude Dicey Robots, and we're back for another super fun episode of World Famous. This time out, we're going to we're gonna talk, this, gonna talk about this, we're going to talk about that, we're going to do a little bit of, a, I don't know, man, it's just going to be great, we're going to have some time, but until we get to having that good time, Grandma and Grandpa, kick that. <laughs> OK, Dicey robot. let's get this party started right, let's get this party started quickly. This is world's famous IC robot radio the strongest team in the street even though the roster is weakening even though we're losing control of some of our corners icy robots radio is still the strongest team in the streets that much that much is true but guess what your boy your boy was laid up again I went under the knife once again and i i i survived I barely survived i I died on the operating table for for a little bit and they they had to take me down below to the, uh, you know, the underworld, I, I fought my way back up through, through Hades, I, I, I'm now back, I'm now back on Earth, but, uh, it's, it's all good in the hood, man, you know, these are, these are the trials and tribulations one has to go through in the, in the everyday course of life, I guess, um, not a lot going on, I've just, I've just been laying about trying to, trying to recover from, from getting my, my innards pulled out of my core and put back in, but, you know, like I said, this is life. Let me, let me tell you something that was kind of slightly interesting. I know in the past I've talked about how I've been, uh, bird feeding, you know, feeding the birds out in front of the house, and after, after a while of doing this, you kind of, you kind of get, like, some sort of familiarity with the, the different birds that, they come to and fro around. What, what I do is I have this picnic table in, in my driveway by the garage. We use it for, like, planting, like, pots and stuff. It's, it's like a potting table, I guess is what you call it, but I'll, I'll take like a like a dish and I put bird seed on the dish and the birds will they'll hop down out of the trees and kind of like peck in the dishes and it's sort of it's sort of fun. It's nice to see them. I, I work in the garage a lot and from where I sit I can see the table and they they can't really see me cuz I'm 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 inside the garage and they they hop around and they do their thing and it's kind of it's kind of fun to watch but this this past week there was there was a sad passing. I I'm friendly with these with these blue jays, what I do is, I'll—they're actually called scrub jays. They're not technically blue jays, but what I, what I do is, I leave peanuts out for them, like whole-shelled peanuts, and they'll come down, grab the peanut, and peck on it. And I can, I can see them doing it. But then these, these crows—I don't know if they're crows, you know—they're big, big blackbirds, much, much bigger than a, than a scrub jay. But they, they wanted the peanuts too, and they started fighting for the peanuts. I was in the house, and I heard. I heard, like, this crazy bird fight. I could hear them squawking and squeaking, and I went outside, and one of my blue jays had been killed in the fight, and I was very, I was very sad by this. I felt like, I felt like, in some way, I was, I was responsible, because I'm the one who started putting out the peanuts. The peanuts weren't there before, and these guys died fighting over the peanuts. I was really, I was really upset. I took, I took my little homie, and I buried him in my front yard under under a paving stone, so he'll always be secure. When you bury an animal, you gotta be sure that, like, you, you put something on it so that, like, uh, I don't know, like a raccoon won't come dig it up, so I put, I put my little homie under, under a, a stone, and I was, I was saddened by this, I gotta admit, I did feel, I did feel a bit responsible, but, you know, it is, it is what it is when it comes to wildlife. There's also a hummingbird that hangs around. I put up a hummingbird feeder. That I could see from inside the garage. I am getting so old that I spend my time looking at birds. But at, at any rate, I I hung up a hummingbird feeder. I got it for the wife for, for uh, a gift, just like a nice little nice little gift. It's it's red glass. It's very it's very attractive. I'm not gonna lie. It's a, it's a nice looking feeder. It didn't cost too much. It looks more expensive than it really was. But I hung it there, and the hummingbird loves this thing. He's a really really cool little dude. He sits on one of the electrical wires up up. In front of my house, and he's there. I'm not kidding. He's there all day. If I go outside right now, he'll be there. He's always there, keeping an eye on his feeder. I watched. I watched an episode of Nature, the PBS show Nature, that aired the other other week. It's a new episode, and they, it was about hummingbirds. And they showed hummingbirds fighting. And what they do is they'll kind of like hover in front of each other, and like they'll like posture and pose, and eventually one of them will fly away because the the way that their body works is they, they're in constant need of calories. Like, to fluff those little wings around, to flutter those little wings around is a constant calorie drain. So what they're doing is they're kind of... they're playing chicken. Like, who's the one who can last the longest before flying away? Like, who has the most calories in their body that they can last the longest in this, in this dance fight? But I... I was over at the feeder the other day. Like I was going to take it down and replace the sugar water inside of it cuz you got to replace it like every week, every 2 weeks. It gets it gets rancid. So I was going to replace it, but then I heard I heard like this this helicopter sound behind me like so so I turned around and the hummingbird was floating there at like face level looking right at me and he was posturing at me like homeboy wanted to fight. I'm not kidding. He thinks that I'm messing with his feeder and he was fluttering in front of me like, what's up, bro? What's up, bro? You want some? You want some? So I decided the nice thing to do. I did the job. I put the homie over. I did the J-O-B, I laid down. I hung the feeder back up and I walked away and he went back up to his wire thinking that he defeated me in combat. I am that generous of a person that I'm not afraid to put a little homie over if I think it's important because dude would have stood there and floated around then eventually flew away and never came back. So I, d- I did the right thing. I put him over. So when you wonder what kind of a guy Icy Robots is, he's the kind of guy who will lay down do the one, two, three for a hummingbird. Let's uh, let's move forward. We're gonna we're gonna open up a MoTu that's been sitting in my office for what feels like a month now. There's only one man who can strike fear in the hearts of the mutants. Only one man with the power to seize control of the Tri Solar Galaxy. No matter what it takes. Only the most powerful man in the universe. E-man. 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 This is the Mo 2 minute with the man who sold Kaldor the acid that burnt off his face. I see robots. Yeah, that's me. I am back. Icy Robots, the guy who gave Kaldor that acid that he somehow lifted up in the air, tipped the bottle down, and poured it right upon his face, burning off all of his skin, leaving a yellow skull that uh, somehow somehow is still alive and is known as Skeletor. I was over at the Walmart the other day, and I discovered I discovered a different clearance area that I that I hadn't noticed before. I know there's one over by the craft stuff, but there's also one over by the magazines at my Walmart the magazines are right next to the toys and they they've taken some things and they put them over there and and discounted them and they were like there were like two or three pegs of Motu figures masters of the universe retro play origin figures and I grabbed one that I've kind of sort of kind of sort of had my eye on for a while and this is the Lords of Power, Beast Man. He is the savage henchman to Skeletor that we just discovered a while back. They they have a very abusive relationship. You always see Skeletor. He he's so mean to Beastman, Man, but Beast Man always comes back because that's how these things work, man. Your guy Skeletor is a classic narcissist. I hate I hate to use these like pop culture psychology terms, but if there's ever been a narcissist out there, it is our guy Skeletor. The the hook for this one, this particular beast man, is the Lords of Power Beastman. When they when they first initially imagined the Masters of the Universe line, the name was Lords of Power. And they made a couple different figures off the original designs. Those are a merman that's different. I didn't get the merman. And this Beastman that I have right here in my hands that I paid a grand total of $10.12 down $7.88. It was reduced on the 2nd of, uh, well, not the 2nd, the 7th of February 2023. All this data is right there on the price tag. So this guy, this guy's been sitting around a while before he got into my hands. Before we bust him open, why don't we go ahead and listen to a little background data on Beastman. Beast Man was Skeletor's closest and most loyal follower in the then-quite-small band of evil warriors. He was a ferocious man-beast who could summon most of the wild creatures of Eternia to aid in Skeletor's schemes. Beast Man was one of the first seven characters to be created for the Masters of the Universe toy line by Mattel in the early 1980s, and one of the first four to be completed and released, the other three being He-Man, Man-at-Arms and Skeletor. When the character was developed by Mattel, The name of Beastman was reused from a figure in Mattel's earlier Flash Gordon toy line. Was the guy in the Flash Gordon toy line, was that the one that's like a lion? That's a beautiful figure. That Flash Gordon toy line is so great. Each of the guys are, they're so well detailed and they're so interesting. I have, um, I have the lizard lady who I think is a really great figure. And they have the lion guy. The lion guy and the lizard lady are both both of them are missing their tails, which is um, which is super common for for these kind of things. I mean, I'm reaching away from the microphone. I apologize, but imagine being like a kid, you know, and you gotta. You got a toy with a tail in the back that can easily fall off. It's gonna, it's gonna be gone in a second. Back in the day, when I had like Star Wars guys, back in this is like back in the Illinois days, so it's pre, pre fourth grade. I would lose just about every gun I got within a few days of getting it. And the, the Darth Vader case, the one that looks like a giant Darth Vader head, that was the worst too because that had, it has base in the in the thing where you could put your toy guns and I would put them in there, but there was like a gap in between the door and the frame and they would always fall out. They would fall right out of the case. I should have, I should have had a lawsuit against Kenner, but again, this was before fourth grade, so I can't imagine that I would have had the wherewithal to... To get that done, let's take a look. Beast Man is in the normal He-Man packaging with the famous front with all the all the meteors. It said modern posing, retro play. Beast Man, the Savage Henchman. It has a LOP sticker on the front that is the Lords of Power. It's a good sticker. I wonder, wonder if I could peel that off and, and like keep it on something. It's pretty. Nope, ripped it. So that was uh, that was all for nothing. There are six figures on the back: He-Man, Beast Man, Skeletor, the Eternian Goddess. Which is Tila, but she's green. This one is also on the clearance wall, and I might end up buying that if it drops down a little bit more in price. Web store and Stinkor. so I have Webstore, Stinkor, Skeletor, Beast Man, and now He-Man. I'm only missing the the Eternian Goddess. Let's uh let's just go ahead and get into this. I'm gonna rip it right off the back. It has a mini comic called Rock and a Hard Place, which shows He-Man on the cover lifting up a mighty boulder we're gonna set this aside over here doesn't seem like there are anything holding look there's one armband on each side holding him in let's see if I can just pull this nope yep just... there it goes it stretched really far before bending they they do a good job of keeping these things in here I'll I'll, I'll give them that let's um let's put his arm back on his Let's see, this is his right arm came off, but these are these are modular constructions, so you can take them apart and put them back together in different combinations if you so choose. Oh, there it is, back in. He's cool, man. What I what I like about him is he only vaguely resembles the original Beast Man. He's way more scary, way more uh prehistoric looking. He has giant fangs in in his mouth, he has some gauntlets on his arm and a big belt, which could easily be an attorney, a Championship Wrestling belt. It's right there on his gut. Very cool. This guy, what I like about him is, like, he could very easily be, like, a He-Man knockoff. Like, this could be, like, a Galaxy Warrior or some other, some other figure that you would see on the shelf over at Long's Drugs. Shout out to the Long's on 4th Street, which is now a CVS that I never go to. I've been to Rite Aid lately myself. The Rite Aid is, like, uh, it used to be Thrifties here in California, and I, I was always a fan of thrifty, so we do go to the Rite Aid. They still have the ice cream counter. In the, in the wrapper here, he has, um, like, some shoulder things you can put on him. Let's see how easily. It looks good. I'll give him that. This is, um, it's yellow, and it has, like, some kind of power stone on the front. It has your standard He-Man straps, where they go, they go, like, into him. You get the idea. You've done this before. Let me, um... I've been off the mic for such a long time that I'm really having, like, a hard time expressing myself. I keep being at a loss for words, and I hope that you guys can understand, but I've, I've been, you know, I've been down into the, in the underworld, uh, fighting my way back, and I, you can follow that. That's over on Twitter, at my tweets, Marvel Handbook, on, uh, twitter.com. The tweets are getting whack. I don't know how long we're gonna stick with the tweets. I, I can't really support this creep musk and all these creepy things he's doing. Guy, guy's a real jerk, in my opinion. He took something, while not perfect, was very good and very useful. Twitter served a lot of purposes, man. There were a lot of different things on Twitter that were very valuable. And this guy went and kind of dashed all of them. There we go. That was my, that was my anti-tweet screed. But, uh, you can find me there for the time being. Facebook is no better. So I, I don't know, man. I think... I think we might be looking at a world soon where like social media is no longer like the cool thing. If it ever, if it ever was, even if it is, if it even is now, I, I know not. I might end up just cutting, cutting this whole thing out. But uh, I got the, I got the straps around his body. They look very cool, like very spiky. They, they support very well. He doesn't have a weapon. The, the OG Beast Man that we know from the action figure line came with a whip. The story being that like. He would capture animals and train them, and he was cruel. And he would, he would whip them, I suppose, which is, which is awful. But still, very cool figure, easily worth the ten dollar price because in the way that he resembles Beast Man, it's not close enough that you go, oh, that's Beast Man. So it's like he might as well be a completely different action figure. I'm gonna go ahead and say I like him. I think he's cool. I think he was very well worth the ten dollars. I would have liked it if he came with a weapon, but I do have, I have some things laying around that I could. I can uh, arm him up with. But nah, he's cool, man. Very, very neat. I might go over to the clearance spot and grab that Eternian uh, princess or whatever her heck is, the green goddess. But until we do that, let's uh, find out what Derek has to say about this. Hocus pocus, some Pocus pocus, some shazam, some abracadabra magic, Pocus pocus. Charging. Focus, focus. This week in Japanese League Baseball. This is head of the IC Robots Radio Sports Division, Derek. For this week in Japanese League Baseball, official league play has begun. American upstart Steve Balboni Jr.'s dad, Steve Balboni Sr., threw out the first pitch of the Tokyo Giants home opener. He cracked off a 99 mile an hour knuckle ball that wedged into honorary catcher Takaroku Samakiyo's face mask. Samakio at 105 years old and is the oldest living member of the 1935 league champion Tokyo Giants squad. The force of the pitch tipped his wheelchair backwards and deposited the aged ball player onto his rear end. Don't worry, after a three-week hospital visit, he is fine. This is Derek for This Week in Japanese League Baseball. That was This Week in Japanese League Baseball. Robots Radio, the strongest team in the streets. And now I see Robots is going to talk about a wrestling show ticket he found in a drawer. Yeah, man, I am actually gonna do that, but I think that, I think that it's gonna be fun. In, in the past few months or so, I've been going through an effort of trying to get all of my tickets together. I'm not, I'm not Mr. Concert, I'm not Mr. Live Show, I don't have, like, hundreds and hundreds of tickets. I only have, I only have, I would say, probably, like, less than maybe 20 or so tickets around the house, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to gather them all up and give them, like, the proper respect that they deserve. I, I have these... My wife brought home these things that she found at a thrift store. They're they're pieces of plastic, like acrylic plastic, and there's two sides, and they're held together by magnets. You can take something in the middle and frame it. It's a frame. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. But they're they're like these big acrylic blocks. They'd be perfect for like a baseball card or a ticket. So I've been I've been gathering some of these tickets to put them put them on display. And while I was um while I was poking around in in some drawers and stuff. I found a ticket for the Thursday, July 25th, 1996 WWF Attitude Adjustment Tour at the Cow Palace. For, for this show, we were in Section 18, Row B, C12, and C13. I went, I went with the wife, and I went with my cousin, my Australian cousin, who was staying with the family at the time. He and I were like, we were like thickest thieves when he when he went back down under, we kind of, we kind of lost touch, I imagine, imagine if we could get back together again, the things would just kind of pick up where they left off, but we, we're just like, I don't know, no one's going through the effort to stay in contact, and I guess I'm as much to blame for that as anyone, but we all went together, and we had, we had an awesome time, I'm not even, I'm not even gonna lie, I remember I had a sign, I made a small sign that said Vader time for Big Van Vader, he was one of the guys who's gonna wrestle on the show, I've always been a Big Van Vader fan, this is, this is a little side note. One time we went to a card show in San Jose. It was the the San Jose toy and baseball card show or something like that. And we went there and Big Van Vader himself was signing autographs. Big Van Vader is a giant wrestling star, Hall of Famer, legendary figure. He has since since uh, left this mortal coil, I believe. But um, I think he had heart problems, if I remember correctly. He's a giant man, a giant man. But also like ridiculously fast and he was powerful. Just everything you'd ever want in a pro wrestler. Big, big monster. But we went to this the show and he was there signing autographs. And I I didn't really want to get an autograph. I didn't really want to get a picture. I'm not really into those kind of things, but I did kinda I did kinda wanna say hello or whatever. So we walked by and he he started making eyes at my wife. And he was like, Hey baby And it was it was the weirdest thing and she'll always Always bring up, uh, hey, remember that time the Van Vader hit on me at that card show? And I'm like, you know, I was there, and he did, in fact, hit on her in in a, in a way. Vader wore this really big helmet, like this big, like, it was like this big, I don't even know how you explain it. It kind of looked like, it sort of looked like, a, like an elephant, not an elephant, like a mammoth, like a woolly mammoth, like a monstrous helmet, but it was all... It was all metallic and like smoke would shoot out of it. It was like super dope. And he had it at the show with him at his table. And I got to say I'm full of regret because I probably could have got to try the helmet on if I would have paid paid for a picture, but I I don't know. That's just not that's just not your boy's bag. But we went we went to see this show at the Cow Palace and it was It was pretty fun. I do got to say, WWF house shows are notorious for, like, not providing the greatest of all the wrestling action you've ever seen in your life. And that's, that's fine. When you go, you're getting, you know, some nice pageantry, some fun. But you're not, you're not going to see, like, five-star classic. These guys don't go out of their way to put on great matches unless they're recorded, which I definitely understand. And these shows are only, only, like, live arena shows for the fans. (laughs) Macho Madness returns to the Bay Area on the World Wrestling Federation card at the Cow Palace in San Francisco, Friday, March 10th at 8 p.m. In the main event, it's a dream matchup when Macho Man Randy Savage meets the Ultimate Warrior. Other bouts will have a return affair when the fabulous Russo brothers collide with the Bushwhackers and Akeem meets Big John Studd. Tickets available at the box office at all pass and Ticketmaster locations. The WWF, March 10th at the Cow Palace. That is not a commercial for the show that I went to. That one was seven years earlier, but I wasn't able to find any other WWF Cow Palace commercials. What is What is interesting to me about that is they list matches on there that are going to take place nowadays when, when the WWE runs your area. You are going to see the WWE. You may or may not see any of your favorite stars. They're not really advertising people. They're just advertising that they are going to be there. I... I think that's interesting. It's probably like if you're the company, that's a smarter way to do it. It's like when you when you go see Barnum and Bailey, they're not going to say that you're going to see a particular elephant. You're just going to see the circus. So any anywho, did you did you hear that Barnum and Bailey is running again without animals, but they're doing more more like live stunts and things? I would go see that. I, I would imagine that might be a fun show if they come around the Bay Area. That is definitely something I would consider, especially since they're they've gotten rid of the animal things. I don't I don't like to be involved with anything where an animal is not treated nice. It's not cool, man. They don't want to be part of your, of your show. They don't want to be part of your life. It's not, it's not cool, man. But let's, uh, Let's dig into this a bit. I went on cagematch.com, which is a site that you can go and enter the date of a live show, and they'll tell you all the matches that take place. Very good site, very informative, very useful internet item. The WWF at San Francisco, California, the Cow Palace, July 25th, 1996. The Cow Palace is actually in Daly City. Actually, factually, it is not in San Francisco, but people always say that because it sounds better. In the opening match, we had Justin Hawk Bradshaw pinning Bob Holly with the Lariat. That's a match between, like, two notorious tough guys. Both of these guys are notorious for taking liberties with their opponents. You'll hear guys left and right saying, Bradshaw hit me with the hardest clothesline of my life. He's a real jerk. You'll hear people say things about uh, Bob Holly as well. But it looks like, looks like Bob Holly took that Lariat and so be it. WWF Tag Team Champions of Smoking Guns defeated Henry and Phineas Godwin, Marty Jannetty, and Leaf Cassidy, and Skip and Zip in an elimination match when the Godwins eliminated the New Rockers. The Godwins were counted out while chasing Sonny. Skip was pinned with a roll-up after he kissed Sonny on the apron. At the time, the body Donnas and Sonny, Tammy Stitch, were like the hottest act in the entire Federation. She was... She was one of the early, uh, gals in what you would call the diva revolution. Now, now they, they, they treat the, the gals with a a lot more respect. See a lot of athletic wrestling, a lot of fun stuff. At the time, it was all, it was all eye candy, and she was kind of the one that started that. You can tell, the match ended when somebody tried to kiss her, and they got, they got distracted. I, I mentioned this one to my wife, and she remembered that Leaf Cassidy, who was played by a wrestler named Al Snow... During the match went into the front row, sat down and ate somebody's popcorn while things were going on. He was he was starting this gimmick where as Leaf Cassidy he was gonna go insane. Like he was gonna go insane and eventually like become a different person. And this was this was kind of the start of that. I thought that was interesting that she actually remembered that because that was that was quite a long time ago. I mean that was uh what, like twenty six years ago, twenty seven years ago? Quite a memory on that old gal. That old horse sure got a brain in her. <laughs> I said horse. And then in the next match, Steve Austin pinned Savio Vega with a roll-up in a no-DQ match. That's that's cool, man. Stone Cold Steve Austin is one of my favorite wrestlers of all the time in space. In my mind, there are only two wrestling shirts you can wear out in public without looking like a geek. Those shirts are Austin 316 and the NWO. All others, you look like a dork, and that's, uh, that's my word. And Steve Austin, he's one of my favorites, man, and I'm glad that I got to see the homeboy live and in person. That's, that's what I like. I want to see people who wind up being, like, legendary performers at least once. And I was happy to be able to see good old Stone Cold against Savio Vega. And then in the next match, rest in peace, Owen Hart pinned Aldo Montoya, who was subbing for Jake the Snake Roberts with a spin kick. Too bad we didn't get to see old Jake the Snake. But I did get to see him back in the 80s at the Cow Palace when my dad took me and my bro, so that was cool. It's nice to have seen Owen Hart in in the flesh, too. His his story is sad. If you don't know, he was killed in a wrestling match doing a stunt. He fell from the ceiling and and passed away in the ring. Very, very tragic accident. I, I don't know why the WWF got away with that one. That was awful, awful stuff. You can read more about that if you like. And in the next match, The Undertaker pinned Mankind with a chokeslam and a tombstone. So I'm happy to say I did, in fact, in person get to see an Undertaker versus Mankind match. I think that's cool. They're both legendary Hall of Famers. The Undertaker is, of course, The Undertaker, Mankind's Cactus Jack, Dude Love, Mick Foley. All those guys rocked into one, one of my favorites at the time. Yokozuna, subbing for the WWF Intercontinental Champion Ahmed Johnson, pinned Goldust in 30 seconds. That's another one. So, so far, Jake Roberts no-showed, Ahmed Johnson no-showed. Ahmed, eh, I could take it or leave it, but, uh, Yokozuna, as I recall, was, like, one of the biggest, fattest human beings I've ever seen in my life. I remember seeing him come down the aisle, and I was like, that guy is as wide as the front of my house. Quite a monster. Up next, Mark Merrow. Marvelous Mark Merrow pinned Hunter Hearst Helmsley with a roll-up. Marvelous Mark Merrow was recently signed by the WWF, as I recall, he was coming off a gimmick where he pretended to be Little Richard, and and now, when he signed with the WWF, they turned him into, like, a hardcore boxer type, like, I guess Mark Merrow, at one time, was a Golden Glove boxer, and they they played on that, and he was punching guys left and right, he wore a do-rag, very interesting, he signed Little Richard, and you turned him into Apollo Creed, but it worked, worked for them. Mark Merrow eventually got his wife into wrestling, Sable, as his valet, and once... Once they got together, they took off. Eventually, I believe they got divorced, she became a giant star, and I'm not really sure what Mark is doing. That's, that's one of the things of wrestling. If you bring your wife in, you will inevitably end up being divorced. So please, if you're going to ever become a wrestler, keep your wife at home. It's just, you don't want her around these balls. Then up next, Psycho Sid, Sid Vicious, subbing for The Ultimate Warrior. Another no-show, I remember that. I remember I wanted to see The Warrior, and he did not show up, and I was... I was annoyed. I'd never, never, not never seen The Ultimate Warrior. So that one will have to remain unfulfilled. He has since passed away. Rest in peace, Ultimate Warrior. Uh, Hope you're having fun down below. But Psycho Sid pinned Davey Boy Smith with the powerbomb. Despite interference from Owen Hart. So Owen came down to help his brother-in-law Davey. But Psycho Sid was enough to defeat them both. Amazing. I'm not a fan of Psycho Sid. Don't like Sid bitches. He's just like a big, tall... Buffs guy, I never thought he was any good, but that's just, um, that's just me, I don't, I don't like the bad guys, wrestling is interesting, because you can be, like, a terrible wrestler, but if you go in there, and you're a star, and you make money, then who's to say that you're a bad wrestler, you're obviously a good wrestler, because your job is to make money, but you might not have the artistic credibility of, say, a, a Zoomy or whatever, from Stardom, shout out to Teen Wundle, Azumi, uh Starlight Kid, all these, all these cool stars of a Stardom. Stardom is a big women's organization in, in Japan right now. I I kind of, I kind of think in the future Stardom might make some inroads into the United States because there is no product in America like Stardom. Go watch a uh, Stardom wrestling. Just go on YouTube and look something up, and you'll, you'll be impressed. There are some very awesome lady wrestlers in that group. WWF World Champion, the Heartbreak Kid, the Toy Boy, Shawn Michaels pinned Vader with a super kick after about six minutes. I was able to go on the online on YouTube and I was able to find and watch this match. And I will say it wasn't really that great, honestly. Looked like looked like Shawn Michaels kind of mailed it in. Looked like Vader wasn't really trying too hard either. And then um he got pinned and rolled away. So there you have it, man. Those were the matches that I saw, but while it wasn't like the greatest wrestling show I'd ever seen, I think the greatest wrestling show I ever saw was the New Japan show at the Cow Palace, where, where my guy Gino Vega, Gino Vega, the reminisce over you, was there as well, way down in the front with Jerry from the Last Record Store, while I was in the last row, the literal last row, with my wife and kids waving down at them. And he did not wave back because he does not care about us here at Icy Robots Radio. Not even one little bit. Not even one. Little bit, but anywho, it was good in the sense I got to see I got to see a bunch of Hall of Famers, which is what I'm what I'm really really going for here. We got to see Steve Austin Hall of Famer, Owen Hart Hall of Famer, Undertaker, Mankind Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame, Hunter Hurst Helmsley Hall of Fame. Some could say Psycho Sid and Davey Boy Smith. Davey Boy Smith, rest in peace. One half of the British Bulldogs. When I was when I first got into wrestling as a young sprat, the British Bulldogs were one of my favorite tag teams ever. The Dynamite Kid at the time, was the greatest wrestler I'd ever seen. I remember watching WWF and thinking, you know, this is fun, I like it, but the action's not that great, except for that one guy, the Dynamite Kid. Dude was amazing, and I, I kind of tied that in with Davey Boy Smith as well, who was also amazing at the time. Then we got to see Shawn Michaels and Vader, so overall, you know, this was this was a good time had by all, man. I remember having a really good time at, at, the, at the show, really enjoyed it, but uh, that's probably enough wrestling for today. I imagine you guys... Have turned it all off. Right now there's nobody listening except maybe maybe Teen Wundle, maybe Gino Vega. I don't even know if Homeboy's with us anymore. I honestly don't even know if Homeboy lives in California anymore. I I rolled by his house the other day in Napa to see if he was there. It was empty. He was gone. There was nothing in there. So I don't know. I have no idea what happened to Homie. So don't don't even ask. Quit asking. I don't know and I don't care. I got a I got a new jam right here from our guy. Grandmaster Grandpa. So let's, uh, let's jump forward. Grandmaster Grandpa, kick that beat! This is Grandmaster G in the place to be. Big up to all my Scorpios in the house. If you have more than 20 dollars in your pocket wave that money in the air. This is world famous An audio recording. This is world famous. An audio recording. This is world famous. An audio recording. We built this city. We built this city on getting Floo. We built this city. We built this city on YouTube. This is me, Icy Robots, and that is for darn tootin' right. There are only two things in this world that I care about. My freaks, the lovely ladies in my life, and my uh peaks. My big bulging biceps. So let's let's get going on another installment of uh We Built This City on Getting Swole. That is, this is the part where I talk about gym stuff. And honestly, I'm gonna say that I have been reached out to recently in the in the past few episodes and the the person who reached out they they asked me why do you do this gym stuff? Why do you talk about this? It's something they don't like hearing about. And I get it. I get it. It's like who wants to hear about gym stuff? And I want to I want to express that the reason that I have this segment is because that I go to the gym and I feel like it benefits my life and I would also like it to benefit your life. If you don't go to the gym right now, I think that it's a good idea. It's something to consider. I feel that the the weightlifting benefits are something that can be they can be enjoyed by all. And I I want to also get across that in in real life, in real actual factual life, your guy I see robots is a bit of an introvert. I have a little bit of social anxiety, and I do I do get a uh, twisted in a knot when I gotta go to to places sometimes. And I. I do the gym because I realize it's important, and as as an introverted type, I've kind of developed a certain system of doing things that allows me to go and not have any kind of anxiety. And one of the things that I do when I go there is I use machines, that not a lot of people use. At the gym, there's a lot of machines, and they're all redundant. Like, there's a million different ones to work your biceps, there's a million different ones to work your legs, your shoulders, whatever. Some of them are very popular. People like them, they're newer, they're in great shape, they look cool, maybe they're in a good location, I don't know. A lot of them get a lot of use, a lot of them don't get a lot of use, and I myself use the ones that don't get a lot of use, and this allows me to kind of move through the gym and still kind of like remain like an anonymous shadow which is how I like to be when I'm in public places sometimes. I just kind of just kind of want to go with the flow and move through and not get got get not get noticed in in any way. So I'll use these machines that aren't as popular. And this is this is like my number 1 gym tip, honestly. Go there for a few times, kind of figure out like what areas you want to you want to work on and then just like Use the machine that's open. There's always machines that are open. Just go to those ones, don't like wait in line or whatever, and I realize this is all rather obvious, but I know that a lot of people out there don't go to the gym and they wonder, well, how am I supposed to do this? I feel like I'm already out of shape and I don't want to go and I don't want people to see me and it's going to be embarrassing and stuff. The way that I do this, I lay low. I lay low in the cut, I just kind of move through anonymously doing whatever. Is that the healthiest thing to do? Probably not. You should probably work on your self-esteem more than your coping mechanisms. But you know what? Coping mechanisms get you through life in a lot of ways. I also, I don't wear my glasses. I wear glasses. Normally, I'm, I'm nearsighted, meaning that, like, uh, I see, re- like, pretty good near up, not so good off in the distance. I can see well enough to do any kind of weight lifting activity, but, like, I take them off. I can't see what's going on in the distance. Everybody in the place could be staring at me. Everybody could be pointing at me. Everybody could be doing whatever, and I wouldn't know because I can't see it, so there may be some option like that for you. I know a lot of, a lot of you folks wear spectacles. Maybe you can try to get by without them. I realize I'm not really providing a lot of, uh, valuable information, but I just want you to know that, like, going to the gym is also tough for me. It's tough for me. It's not easy. I'm not... I'm not a gym rat. I'm not, uh, any of these guys, like, with the big, bulging biceps. I try. I try to get the peaks, but, like, I'm not that guy. I'm not Mr. Fit. I was never an athlete in school. Like, never. Not ever. I've only a couple times in my life ever played, like, a team sport. And I, I can do it. I can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. That's really what I'm hoping to get across with this. If you knew me, if you knew me in person, in real life, you'd be like, this guy goes to, like, the, the old-fashioned Iron House gym and hangs and bangs with these, uh, These power lifter guys, you would never believe it, but I do it. And the reason I do it is I have weird coping mechanisms to get me through. And I think that you just got to give it a shot. You got to work on your coping mechanisms and you'll eventually, you'll eventually get there. One thing that I do also, I never take my earphones off. I keep my earphones on, glasses off. So I'm in like, I'm in, I'm in a cocoon. People would never dare to talk to me because... Why would you bother the dude who's stumbling around, can't see, with giant earphones on? I make sure to wear the giant earphones. The big on the ear, so you know that I am wearing this. Sometimes, honestly, I'll wear a hood with the earphones over the hood. Who's gonna dare talk to you? Who's gonna bother you? And honestly... Everybody at the gym, they're just doing their own thing. They they don't care what you do, so please consider joining up. It's fun. It's worth it. It's nice to try to get in shape. I get a lot of satisfaction just from the feeling of, like, trying to get into shape. I realize, you know, I'm never going to be a uh, Jackie Joyner cursey. You know, I'm never going to be this, but I can, uh, you know, I could be a better version of good old icy robots. And that's really, really what you're shooting for. Don't let perfection get in the way of good. That is a very important lesson to remember. A lot of times, you're like, well, it won't be be able to like get it perfect and it will be great will be amazing so you don't do it it's okay to just do good don't let perfect get in the way of good that's uh that's when you can carry through life in many different ways what else is fun to talk about oh you know what's fun about the gym for me one of the fun things is listening to music in my earphones it's a good time you get like this uninterrupted music time and i I went through my my iBroadcast. That's the online music cloud thing that I use. Where I can upload my MP3s, and I'm just like, what are some of my some of my high caliber gym jams at the moment? There's this song "Lemon" by uh, by NERD and Rihanna. That's a pretty good one, honestly. It came out a few years ago. Cruel Summer by Taylor Swift, that was really hot in the Jim Jams right now, I gotta say, I've only recently started getting into the music of Taylor Swift, I never hated her, I never had any negative feelings of any sort, I just never, I was never really, like, exposed to the music, so it, it wasn't anything that, like, I internalized, but I've recently started getting into it, and I gotta say, and I realize this is something that is known by everyone in the world, except for me, everyone knows, she is an amazingly talented songwriter, she can really put together a pop tune, and this song, Cruel Summer... Off her album Lover is man, that's an all-time banger. I mean, this is like an all-time gym jam. This one keeps me on the treadmill. I'll play it like two or three times in a row. I am into it. Also, um, let's uh let's take a look. These aren't all gym jams. Some of these are walking jams. I gotta am looking at my my top, my heavy rotation right now. Oh, Stumbling in by Susie Quatro and Chris Norman. That's a that's a hot gym jam. Oh, this one right here, 20 slide by Drake. Do you know this song? I love this jam, 20 slide. I have this! I have this weird relationship w- with Drake. I, I'm a big Degrassi head, like a giant Degrassi head. I love De- Degrassi Jr. High. I love Degrassi. I, just everything. I've seen every Degrassi thing that there has ever been. And Drake, was as an actor, as a child actor, was on Degrassi. This may be something you know or don't know. He played a, he played a character called Jimmy. And Jimmy's jam was he was going to go out and be a great basketball player. Like, dude was great on the court. And then he was, um... He was shot. He got shot in the back. It was a terrible, terrible accident. Our guy Jimmy got shot in the back, and he was confined to a wheelchair for the rest of his days. It was one of the major storylines on, on Degrassi. For a while, Like Jimmy really took over the show. It was all, Jimmy got shot, Jimmy's in a wheelchair, what's going to happen to Jimmy? Eventually, Jimmy came back around. For a while, he was on the depressed tip, but then eventually... He came around and he decided he was going to start like a t-shirt company and become a t-shirt mogul and also a rapper. So in my, in my internal Degrassi storyline, what I imagine is that Jimmy became Drake. And somehow when he became famous as Drake, he got some kind of, some kind of top secret celebrity only surgery that enabled him to walk again. And now he is Drake. Every time I listen to Drake... That's what I imagine. But I I love this song, Toosie Slide. It's, uh, I think it came out like three years ago. It was on Drake Mixtape. But it's one of those cool songs that tells you how to do a dance. It shows you and it tells you how to do... The two C slide. Do you want to know? Let's find out. Let's, uh, let's, uh, how do you do the two C slide, Drake? I'm gonna show you how to get it to go right foot up, left foot slide, left foot up, right foot slide. Basically, I'm saying either way, we about to slide. We can't let this one slide. So basically, you like, you kick one of your feet up, right? You kick it out to the front, and then you bring it down to the, you bring it back behind you in like one motion and kind of like off, off to the side. Like front, front kick, one motion back. I kicked my garage, my garage again. Foot forward, back, and to the right. I, I'm using my right leg. Front, right leg kick, back, to the right. And you like twist it out of bit, and then you slide off to the side. Is there anything else we should do while we're doing the C slide drink? Tucci slide, then I hit it double time, and I hit a spin, because we spun it black. slide, then I hit it double time, and I hit a spin. Toosie slide, then I hit it double time, and I hit a spin, because we spun you got to make sure to hit a spin because you spun it. That is integral to the 2C Slide. It's as important as right foot up, right foot slide. uh, Hit a spin because you spun it. Don't forget. Hit that spin because you spun it. Any other uh, crucial Jim Jams right now? Let's see. Oh, I've been into uh, The Letter by Joe Cocker. You know that song, The Letter by Joe Cocker. Uh, Pepe Lopez by Action Bronson. That's on a champion sound, I think. One of These Days by Zach Baia. That's a new song, some new rap. SOS by ABBA. SOS by ABBA is like one of my favorite ABBA songs of all the songs that ABBA has ever, ever recorded in the history of ABBA as a recording artist. I'm trying to... I have a couple other ABBA songs that I like, but that's not important right now. I feel like we've talked about this a little bit too much. Just remember, hit the spin, cause you spun it. In this corner with the 98, the subject of suckers, object of hate... Who's the one some think is great? Here's your host, I C Robots. That's right, it's me. We're gonna use an intro for the intro. I, I've been meaning to say this for a while. This is in regards to Patreon. I, I endlessly love the fact that anybody out there would ever support me on Patreon. I do. i It mean. It means the world to me. But I think. I think for the time being, I'm going to have to lay off on making any sort of Patreon content and I hope I hope that you guys can stick with me with this. I hope that your general Patreon support is just for my just for my general work. The amount of hard work that I put into things and just you know you're helping me be me and do my things. Here's here's the issue. Here is the issue to your guy. The main thing that I want out of this whole IC robots radio thing is to make fun stuff, to make cool stuff that people hear. And I always felt like some of the coolest, most funnest stuff that I was ever doing was the Patreon stuff. But the sad part was only a few, only a chosen few ever got to hear it. And I realized, hey man, you get what you pay for. You get the magic, you pay for the magic. Here is the reality of that statement though. There's only going to be like a limited amount of people who are ever going to pay for something. A lot of people like it, a lot of people might love it. But there's only a few kind souls out there who are willing to toss some money Into the pot. That's just, that's just the way it is. There's some people with love in their heart. There's some people who just like to listen. I appreciate it. I get it. There's, there's a ton of shows I listen to that I don't support in any way. So I don't, I don't hold it against you. But I, I get sad that some of these cool things that we do over on Patreon, like the Derek show, like at the movies, like the patron only show, only get heard by a few people. So over time, I'm going to start moving these things over to, over to the main feed as time, as time permits, and in the future, I'm gonna keep making fun stuff. The general thing is I do one show this week, like this show, and then the next week you get something like the Derek show, the Ed show, maybe a best of. And these are things that would typically have gone to Patreon, but I, I'm just gonna put them out here for everybody. I, I've decided the best thing for me to do is everything I do, I'm just putting it out here for everybody. This is... We'll exclude, like, mixtapes, like the Champion Sound or some of these other things that I make because I gotta hide them behind a paywall because there's all kinds of, like, people, songs, and copywritten material, so I gotta hide them away. Those things will always be there, but in the future, I'm, if I make something, I'm just gonna put it out here. And if you feel like, if you feel like you enjoy the show... And you like what I do here, and you want to support me, go to supportthereport.com, chip in a bit, it's all good, all the money goes into the show, honestly, which is, which is important, and something I'm happy to say is that the show essentially pays for itself now. At this point, with all the Patreon support and everything, it's all, it's all paid for, and that's great, I'm happy that it pays for itself, it's nice to have a hobby that pays for itself, and anytime I've needed like some kind of equipment, like like an external recorder. I needed a new computer or whatever. The Patreon money paid for that. It's great. It's awesome. I love it. I'm so happy. And I hope that you guys who are on there already will stick with your guy. I hope that you're fine paying for stuff that's getting shared with the world. Because these Behind the Bits with Ed, these Derek shows, they would have been behind the paywall. It's all out there for everybody. And I hope that, I just hope that you guys feel like chipping in. Go to supportthereport.com consider uh, tossing a buck or two a month in. All of it makes me feel so good. It makes me feel so good just to have anybody think they want to support me. But uh, we're going to head out, I think. I think it's time to head out. I think this has been a fun show, man. This has been a good one. Maybe maybe even an all-timer, which is which is what I shoot for every time. But until we meet again, this is me, your dude, Icy see saying, if you don't like what's going on in the news, i can't even make something new. All right, oh, man, bring an organ. <laughs> And you know I got to have that Some people Some people Some people Some people Some people listen for history Some people listen Because they want a mystery Some people listen Then say we're whack But if they miss the show they get the holler track. Now look at you are sitting there Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and we look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com. Everybody, everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. I don't think so. Incredible strength. Oh, wow.